Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 25. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. People do not light a lamp and put it under the bushel basket. Rather, they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of, breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness ex- exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Be seated. This last week we kicked off our Be the Change sermon series where we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount. Last week we looked at the first 12 verses of Matthew 5 called the Beatitudes. And we hear through the Beatitudes that we are invited. No matter who you happen to be, you are invited to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Regardless of your background or your backstory, you are invited. Whether you are poor in spirit, mourning, meek, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, or merciful, pure in heart, a peacemaker, or persecuted, you, friends, are invited to enter into a relationship with Jesus as his disciple. And as a disciple of Jesus, you are invited to the table of God's grace where you feast and remember who you are and what God has done for you so that you can take that gift and share it with the world. And friends, if you're a disciple, if you're in a relationship with Jesus, if you say that's who you are, then you've got to come to a deep knowledge of what that means for you. What does it mean for me to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? What does it mean for me to follow after the way of Jesus, to allow him to be my savior, yes, but more than that, the Lord of my life, so that every part of who I am is subject to his rule and to his reign in my life. Knowing who you are, knowing what you are matters. And this morning, as we continue our journey through the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 13, Jesus gets explicit with what and who exactly we are. And my hope today is that by knowing who we are, that we can begin to make a difference in the world, that we can be the change that God wants to see in the world and that we want to see in our community. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, go ahead and open up to Matthew 5.13. I know you just heard the verses read, but it's good to look at the words on the page as well. So Matthew chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verses 13 to 16 in particular. 
So remember, Jesus has invited not only his disciples who are gathered there in front of him at the Sermon on the Mount. He's not only invited them, but the crowds who are beyond them to become his disciples. And then he looks, I believe, at the disciples, yes, but more than that, he looks beyond them to the throngs of people who were there on the mountainside. And he says these words, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Let me tell you a little bit about salt, at least salt in this area of the world. And in the Dead Sea, you can, you can take the water and you can allow it to evaporate. And what is left behind is two principal things. The first is salt. The second is gypsum. Have you ever seen gypsum? What color is gypsum? White, right? Kind of like table salt. Kind of looks like table salt. The problem with gypsum, though, is that it has no flavor. Gypsum is just sort of white powder. It's not good for anything at least in terms of cooking, except to be thrown out and trampled under foot. Jesus says that we are to be the salt of the earth, to abound with flavor. And he goes on. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Y'all, I love this passage of Scripture because there's nothing cryptic about it. There's nothing confusing here. There's nothing that has to be deciphered or decoded for us as disciples of Jesus. Jesus looks out at the crowd gathered on the side of the mountain from that level place where he and the disciples are standing. And he says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Let me add some emphasis to that because I'm not sure that you're getting it this morning. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth, and you are light for the world. This isn't something that you have to strive to be. This isn't something that you have to acquire extra skills in order to be able to do. We don't have any salty classes that are going to be taught later on during the week. We don't have any light-bearing classes that are going to be shared later on down the road. Being salt and light is something that you are. It's something that you are. Those disciples who are gathered in front of Jesus and those would-be disciples who are back in the crowd, Jesus doesn't stand there and say, if you'll just take this four-week class, then you'll be salt for the earth and light for the world. He doesn't say, if you'll just pray this prayer, you'll be salt for the earth and light for the world. He doesn't say, if you'll just do these 5, 7, 12, 15 steps, then you'll be salt for the earth and light for the world. No, Jesus says that we are presently, as his disciples, salt for the earth and light for the world. If we are followers of Jesus, then we are salt and light. Now at first glance, you might be asking yourself, what do salt and light have in common? Well, that's really simple. Salt and light 
are transformative. They transform their environment. Whatever it is that they touch or are near, they bring transformation to. Salt and light are transformative. Salt enhances flavors. You can't miss it when there's salt. Light dispels darkness. And when light is present, you know salt and light. Let me give you an example. Just about every morning growing up, um, my dad would come in um, from working overnight at Union Camp, and he would fix my brother and I breakfast. Um, and lots of mornings, we'd wake up, and my dad would be cooking a pot of grits, right? And, and the thing I loved about my dad's grits is there was always cheese in it um, and whatever meat was left over from last night. And so we had, you know, bacon and cheese grits, and we had, we had steak grits, and we had hot dog and grits, like... Y'all laugh. You cut up some hot dogs and throw them in with the grits. That's good eating. My dad's grits are still my favorite. But what I learned from my father when it comes to cooking really good grits is to make sure that you put the salt in there. Sure, butter is important. Yes, you need cheese. But it's the salt that transforms the grits. It's the salt that makes the difference. Now I want to ask you, how many of you have ever been to Cracker Barrel and ordered a bowl of grits? Anybody in here order a bowl of grits from Cracker Barrel? Okay, for those of you who did not raise your hand, um, you will get this after you go to Cracker Barrel for lunch today and order a bowl of grits, okay? When you go to Cracker Barrel and you order a bowl of grits, they come out and they look warm and delicious. I mean, you can't really see it so much on the wall, but online you guys can see it. That's a bowl of grits that you want to eat, right? They look perfect when they come out. It's got that little bit of glisten because you know there's some butter in there. But then you dip your spoon into the grits and you take a bite and what do you realize? Ooh, say it loud. There's no salt, right? There's no salt in those grits. Unsalted grits are disgusting, friends. Can I just be clear with you? They are disgusting. Why in the world would you eat a bowl of ground boiled corn, right? It's awful. You need the salt. The salt changes everything. It's the salt that makes the difference. Light is just the same. Light transforms dark places. Just a little bit of light can transform an entire room. Take your minds back to Christmas Eve in this space when we're singing Silent Night and the lights are down low and the only light that glows is the light of the Christ candle. Then one solitary candle is lit, and the transformation begins. A dark place becomes light, and light shines in the darkness and overcomes the darkness. You know, I've often thought it would be incredible to have someone outside of the sanctuary taking the pictures of the windows as we light the candles to see the transformative power of light. Salt and light are transformative by their very nature. It only takes a little bit of salt to make a difference. It only takes one candle to make a difference. And the crazy thing about salt and light is they don't have to do anything special to transform their environment. Salt doesn't have to try harder to be salty. Light doesn't have to try harder to shine. Salt and light by their very nature transform the world around them. And Jesus says to you and me that we are the salt of the earth. 
and that we are the light of the world, that we are called to transform our environments, to transform our homes, to transform our neighborhoods and our offices and our communities and our world because that's what salt and light do. Friends, what good is it for us to gather in this sanctuary week after week to read the gospel and to hear good preaching, well, okay preaching from time to time? What good does it do if we show up here and everything out there is the same? What good does it do for us to gather and to go to Sunday school and go to life groups if our homes aren't transformed? What good does it do if we come here again and again and again But we go out in the world and our offices aren't transformed and the brokenness that people experience day after day is unaffected by our presence. Friends, if that's the case, then our gathering is good for nothing. Because we are supposed to be salt for the earth and light for the world. Jesus says that salt that has lost its flavor is only good to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Flavorless salt is useless. It fails to be the very thing that is supposed to be. Nobody lights a candle and hides it beneath a pot. That destroys what light does. What good does that do? As Christians, we are called to change and transform that which is around us. To truly be the change that God has for the world. To be agents of God's kingdom that bring God's kingdom and presence to bear wherever it is that we happen to be. Whether it's at the store, at our office, out and about and around town, because you are present, the environment should be different. Because you are salt for the earth. And you are light for the world. Everything should be different because you're there and because Christ is with you. Your flavor should enlighten every situation and circumstance because it's who you are. And when you're not there, friends, people notice. Life is less flavorful, less meaningful, less full. And what I want you to know this morning is that Jesus died and rose again, not so that we could gather in this room week after week, but so that we could be salt and light that usher in his kingdom, that make his name famous, that transform the world in his name. This morning as we come to a time of Holy Communion during the liturgy, you're going to hear words that remind you of just who it is you're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be. The body and blood of Christ is to transform us so that we become the hands and feet of Christ. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, help us to be salt for the earth and light for the world. Remind us that that is who we are. In moments when we think that we don't have what it takes to bring transformation to the world, remind us that it's not our power or our skills or our abilities that bring transformation, but your power moving in us and through us. Remind us, God, that it's transformed lives that transform 
the world. So allow us, God, to draw near to you so that others might draw near to you as well. Lord, forgive us for the times when we've not lived up to the high call of discipleship. Forgive us for the times where we failed to be salty and we failed to enlighten the places that we find ourselves. Allow us today to live as your disciples, transformed by your grace in order to bring transformation to this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.